0: If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health
1: Podcast Network.
0: For example, Women Physicians Lead, hosted by Dr. Lisa Herbert, helps women physicians move from surviving to thriving in their personal and professional lives. Dr. Lisa shares leadership tips, burnout support, stress management strategies, and inspiration from women physicians who've made remarkable transitions into leadership roles. There's a fantastic episode that you should check out called Taking Care of Yourself During the Journey about how women physicians can care for themselves while on their leadership journeys. Check out Women Physicians Lead on your favorite podcast platform or
1: visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. I'm not saying it's without not without work and a lot of grit and perseverance and you know challenges, but at least they're your challenges that you get right. to overcome and then you own it. So it's an exciting time to be an entrepreneur in healthcare.
0: Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, empowering nurses to manage stressors so they can intentionally reconnect with their purpose, optimize their wellness, and ultimately, show up in the world the way they want to be seen. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Wendy Garvin-Mayo, your stress solution strategist. In this podcast, you'll receive actionable stress management tips, insightful interviews, and strategies that focus on inspiring you to be your best, do your best, and give your best. With that, let's get started. Welcome to the Wellness pa- Platform, Dr. De Pasquale. How are you today? Great. Thank you for having me, Wendy. Excited to be here. You are more than welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you about what you're doing and the impact you're making in healthcare, care, uh, which is very different, but I love it. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure, I um, I'm a family doc. I live in Arlington, Virginia, right outside DC, with my four young children um, and my husband. So we have a one-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, and eight-year-old. So life is really crazy. Um, but my true passion is actually, honestly, helping nurse practitioners become entrepreneurs. And specifically, I started a company that helps with the collaboration. Piece of that. So, in the the states that still require collaborating physicians, we go out and find amazing, nice, wonderful physicians who enjoy collaborating and are really supportive of NPs. And I get to play matchmaker all day and tie the two parties together, which is super fun. Um, so, we're collaborating docs. We've been around three years, and we're just loving helping NPs improve access to care across the whole country by letting them have um, the ability to do that sort of on their own. And it's exciting to see the things people come up with um, business-wise, practice-wise. So it's, yeah. Gets me going every morning, jumping out of bed, I'll say. <laughs> yes,
0: I love that. I love to hear an MD say they love nurse practitioners. Uh, you don't really get to, to hear that very often as a nurse practitioner. And, and I would love to just hear about your experience with NPs because I know like we're oversaturated now in the healthcare system. What was your experience working with nurse practitioners?
1: My first boss ever out of residency was Lisa Covell, a veteran nurse practitioner in a little teeny tiny clinic in inner city DC. She was my rock. She was the best boss I've probably ever had. Um, just she knew everything clinically, but like common sense clinically, like we all know how to treat diabetes, but let's break down what our patients you know, can access and how to really make an impact with our patients. So to this day, I'm still really close with Lisa. Um, And I sat next to Teresa Aquaviva, who was another veteran NP. So our clinic was very much run by NPs. And I was like the the struggling new, you know, out of residency person, like, ah, you know, they didn't teach this in the, you know, our uh, didactic part. So I Every day would go to them for help, and they were so gracious helping me. They could have said, "Figure it out," but you know, they were really—I honest to goodness—like was so shaped by the two of them. So that is why I'm forever grateful to NPS. Like they stood by me and helped me through a lot of crazy times um, starting out. So. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. And,
0: you know, I always say I'm a nurse practitioner. I was a nurse, worked with many uh, physicians, PAs. There's room for all of us. I mean, right now we're in crisis mode in healthcare, And I think we should just all respect everyone's scope of practice. So I just love that you had such a great experience with NPs. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your uh, medical experience as an MD? Like, what did you do? And then how did you transition out of that into collaborating physicians?
1: Sure. Yeah, I I did bread and butter family med. So I worked in a federally qualified health center in Washington, D.C. community health center called Unity Healthcare. They have about 25 sites. So starting out, I was in a neighborhood clinic and then also the D.C. jail. They ran the medical care there. It was very eye opening. I actually loved working there in corrections part time. Um, Then I kind of made my rounds with Unity Healthcare at a couple different community sites and worked my way up to medical director of one of the big sites. So um, I think FQHC, Starlight Qualified Health Centers are such great, um, it's such a great place to work for so many reasons. But everyone there is so mission driven and really, you know, cares about the patients and goes the extra mile. So, you know, I, I love, loved my time with Unity Um, then I, I think I am an entrepreneur at heart. So I sort of got the itch to pursue other things. I can't even tell you how many crazy things I've done from wound care to urgent cares to a lot of telemedicine. This is kind of a funny thing, but I had four monitor, four computers sort of lined up on my desk before telemedicine was cool before COVID, (laughs) um, And I was on like four different platforms because you'd only get a couple clients a day. So you had to kind of just be sitting, (laughs) waiting. And if a patient came, then you'd like shut the other three off, do the patient, then turn them all back on. I was very (laughs) aggressive to make my mortgage payment and do telemed. (laughs) So that was interesting. Um, But uh, then the collaboration piece kind of. I hate to say like fell in my lap. I was collaborating with several nurse practitioners in Virginia, helping their practices as their collaborator. I just met them online and I loved it. I love teaching. So it was, it was a great fit just on the side of all the other strange things I was doing, but word got out. I think actually someone posted my information perhaps on a Facebook group. So a lot of people were contacting me to be their collaborator. Um, so many, so I couldn't do it. I mean, it was just, A, would be unsafe and B, um, there are caps to states of how many you can help. So I, I didn't want to go crazy with that. And I thought, well, I still want to help you out. Um, so I sort of started to connect people with other physicians I knew and trusted. And that's where collaborating docs really took off. Just sort of, as I say, like in my inbox, blowing up with people asking for help, it was like, I better do something. I didn't know how hard it was for nurse practitioners to find doctors who wanted to do that. I thought every doctor was like me and would enjoy helping someone else. I I didn't know there was like a stigma or just, oh yeah. I I didn't, but now I get it. (laughs) Now I really get it. So it's nice. Now we have a great stable of doctor, like-minded doctors who enjoy collaborating. Um, so it's, it's all come, come together, thankfully. Um, That's awesome. And you work with uh, physicians
0: and nurse practitioners across the country. Is that correct?
1: Yep. We're in all states. Well, you know, independent states don't uh, need it. Although we do have clients in independent states sometimes Mm -hmm. when they just want to have like a sounding board or someone they can call up with questions. So yeah, we're in all all 50 states. Um, We have, I believe, to date about 1,500 doctors. So we do cover, you know, every scope, every state um, of practice, which is nice.
0: And what's the process? So say I'm a nurse practitioner, I'm thinking about opening a practice where I have a practice. I want a collaborating physician. I find you what's that process. Like what's the time frame between you and I speaking and me being able to go in the clinic and actually practice.
1: We, we try to make it as on the timeline of the client, but if a client is like, I'm ready to go, um, we guarantee our match we guarantee a physician within 14 days and 97% of the time it's within a week. So we're very quick about it because we've cultivated a great group of physicians who like doing it. So it's more a matter of calling them up and seeing if they're available and interested. Um, we have, I'm, a, I'm very happy to say our onboarding team at collaborating docs, we have six full-time nurse practitioners who do all of that. So, if you're interested, you would talk to one of our nurse practitioners about your practice, what you're trying to do, your background, to really make it a true m- matchmaking experience. We want to know like the personality, the, you know, the unique things you want out of your doctor perhaps. I want an old retired doc who has a bunch of time on his hands or I want a newer grad who knows all the latest, you know, research everyone has their own you know, idea of what they're looking for. So we get to know the client and then we look at our database of physicians and find the right match. And if we don't have the right match, we go out and find them. Um, so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very rewarding to see like, especially six months, 12 months, 18 months later, talk to people and they're like, The stock is the, you know, they've really made an impact on even my business. They gave a lot of good advice to get things where they're at now. So a lot of our physicians are entrepreneurs as well, and a lot have had their own practices. So they kind of know the tricks of getting patients in the door and how to make it really work financially, which is nice.
0: Yeah, I love that. And
1: you are like a real
0: matchmaker. Like, let like me do an assessment. What are you looking for? Then you go find it. Do we have in the database? No, let's go find it, which is amazing. And yeah. in, in for collaborating physicians, I know sometimes you just kind of have to have a piece of paper where it's, you know, you have a collaborating physician, you have a piece of paper, which is great. Um, does your program require anything else like touch points or h- how do you guys... Um, build or promote like engagement and, and really try to cultivate the relationship between the nurse practitioner and physician?
1: That's a great question. When I set out to do this, I, I was starting to learn that collaborating had sort of a, a, a bad and um, sort of what's the word I'm blanking on like a bad reputation um, that a lot of physicians are out to just prey on nurse practitioners, overcharge, under deliver, be You know, they can't even find the doctor if they have a question, you know, horrible. That's what I was hearing from a lot of people. So starting collaborating docs, I said there are three things that I will require, even if the state doesn't care, doesn't ask, it doesn't ask for it. We are doing it. So one is the doc is available during normal business hours. So you can't just ghost someone and like (laughs) disappear off the face of the earth. Like you have to be reachable during the daytime if if your NPS questions. Um, Second, uh, a monthly video chats must be done, no matter what. Even if your state doesn't talk about that, I don't really care. (laughs) Like that, to build a relationship, you have to talk and ideally face-to-face. So the video is a requirement. And the third is just any, oh, I'm sorry, there are four things. (laughs) The third is chart review. We require 10% of chart reviews to be done monthly. Again, even if the state doesn't um, dictate that, and it's not to be um, uh, confrontational or like uh, argumentative about what's in the chart. It's more it's to be giving uh, helpful feedback. Like, I see you have a lot of diabetic patients. Um, you know, there's a podiatrist that just came to town, you know, you might want, you know, he's a great guy, you could refer to him, you know, whatever it might be. Um, the physician can then give feedback if they get a better sense of what's happening in the practice from the charts. And then the last is any state requirement. Um, some states have on site visits, like Georgia has a quarterly on site. Um, Tennessee has on site Nevada. So we, we are very, we have an in-house legal team that keeps up with those requirements and will let the client and the doctor know, you know, what is needed.
0: That's um, very cool. I love that. It's very comprehensive. Um, so it's not just, you know, uh, here's your, here's your signed paper and, you know, you're good. You're really trying to cultivate the relationship, which I think makes what you're doing very different. And I think as nurse practitioners, I'm speaking for all of us, We like it, right? We love that. You're kind of like the quarterback. So if we have a problem, we can come to you or your staff to say this is what's happening. Um, What practices are nurse practitioners starting? Like, I'm sure you guys keep a database of what type of practices. And I I definitely have to talk to you about uh, DPC. So I want to talk about that. But like, what type of is it all like primary care? Is it med spas? I know that's like a big thing now. But what are you seeing?
1: We see everything. Uh, We do. We see a lot of uh, med spas um, just and a lot of the med spas are sort of like mini med spas where the NP might work at the hospital or a clinic somewhere else. But she has her own thing that's maybe nights and weekends, which I love. So it's like a part time business on the side that she can run her way and not you know, do it the way she wants. So a lot of that, including IV hydration, sort of as part of that package of wellness and beauty sort of thing. Um, we do a lot of, lot of primary care patients, uh, not patients, um, providers, sorry, who some go the, the direct primary care route, others take insurances. Um, we see a lot, we get a lot of clients in rural areas who they are the, Provider now for their community, which is so great um, for improving access to care. Um, some urgent care, a lot of psychiatry, especially with telemed. So telepsych going on their own. So having a cash practice or or taking insurances, we we see both. Um, and then some people come up with like the craziest, off the wall, like niche things. Um, you know, like specific just uh postnatal care like really focusing on lactation and like the the experience after birth which is great or like a specialized wound care someone just came to us wanting to do wound care with um hyperbarics I thought my goodness that's that is very niche but great so we'll help anyone with anything um it might be a little hard to find a doc for certain things but we we will make it happen <laughs> so
0: I love that. And can you tell everyone, I know I said DPC, direct primary care, but can you tell everyone the difference between that and like a traditional primary care clinic?
1: Sure. So direct primary care, typically you the client or the patient would pay like a monthly subscription or, or an annual subscription um, cash without their insurance to then have very full access and easy access to the provider. You can call them, text them, usually call, um, email them perhaps, um, or just have very easy scheduling of appointments via telemed or in person. So it gives a lot of flexibility. It's very like concierge, you know, the client is really getting like excellent care because they have such good opportunity to meet with the provider, um, It's great for providers, I think, just not to have to deal with credentialing and billing, which is, you have to employ, I mean, honestly, like a full-time person to keep up with that. So if you're trying to do something small on your own, it's a lot. It adds a lot of expense if you're going to have a a biller, um, whether on-site or even off-site. I mean, you're still going to have to pay the person to, to run all that and then, Blue Cross decides not to pay you for three months or you're chasing money down all the time. It can be very thankless. So I I think direct primary care is a great model for entrepreneurs going out on their own, not dealing with all those headaches and, and patients love it. I mean, you're paying for the access, you're paying for having someone by your side when you need them and you know, time is money. So people are willing to pay to have a ease, ease of use. I think it's, I think it's a great model for sure.
0: Yeah, I agree. I was just introduced to it. Do you find like a lot of your, or many or any of your uh, collaborating physicians um, have a preference, like if they're going to do a direct premier care model versus insurance where it's a little more regulated? Um, Do you guys, do you have any people on your team who's kind of like, oh, I
1: don't know about that or... We don't see much hesitation. I, no, not really. Um, usually, I, I haven't really noticed that. Physicians, typically, they just want to make sure they understand the scope of whatever the practice is. Like, okay, what what exact procedures are they doing? What exact, like, what's their bread and butter patient, type of patient, just age of patient, you know, common conditions. Those are the sort of things the docs kind of want to have a better handle on. But whether it's cash or insurance, I have never really noticed people having a real strong preference, luckily. No. Yeah.
0: That's good. Have you seen, because I'm an oncology nurse practitioner, so I have to ask, have you seen any uh, NPs open in oncology uh, practices?
1: I We've had an inquiry, actually in the last month, we did have an inquiry, someone asking if we had an oncologist in her state. But that was the first time ever. So it's, I will say it's not super common, but I think it's great. If, you know, that's a real niche thing, if you can, you know, branch out and have your own practice in that way, why not? That's that's fabulous. Yeah, yeah uh,
0: that's something I've been thinking about uh, doing more so like symptom management, uh, advocacy, the psychosocial, mm-hmm. uh, such a need, but I, I don't see anyone doing it. So like,
1: you know, so literally this one lady was the first person in over three years that has come to us for it. Wow. So yeah, I don't think it's too common, but that's great. If I think that it would be an exciting, I, it kind of kills me when people come to us with the same old thing again and again, like mm-hmm. I'm just doing everything, primary, urgent care, aesthetics, everything. Like, well, yeah. it's going to be hard to market everything. <laughs> <laughs> just pick something.
0: Right. One yeah. thing, the what do they say? the fortunes and the focus, right? (laughs) Some people need
1: a little focus. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: What other services do you offer? Do you offer like NPs who may like have the idea, like I want to open my practice, but you know, like you said, marketing, right? Like how do I market this thing or do you provide consultation for like, well, what should I hone in on? I don't know, like what to do. I have all these ideas. Do you offer that type of service as well? Or is it just matching?
1: Uh, the the actual service is just matching officially. I actually read a book called Traction when we were first starting out that was all about like, find what you do, find what you do well and mm-hmm. do just that. And don't get distracted by adding on credentialing services right. and you know business consulting and all that. I'll say a little caveat, though, because we do employ solely nurse practitioners to do the getting to know you part of the process they're very smart and they know a lot about all of these different um scopes that people go into so they they'll give you a, a friendly nudge or some golden nuggets like oh you want to do everything in five states so like <laughs> let's focus on one state and so we give a lot of unsolicited business advice but it's not it's only meant to help people out and give them a little more of a structured um, plan. People can do whatever they want. And we're not going to stop them. But we, you know, if, if anyone books a call with one of our reps, at least we will get some knowledge tidbits based on, you know, their experiences and other people they've talked to. So that can be helpful.
0: Yeah. And you also put a lot of stuff on social media to like educational things. And I follow you and I'm like, Oh, this is really good. And I know on your website, you have something called uh, services, NPs love. Can you talk to us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're proud to host sort of a good go-to resource for open to anybody. It's freely open on our website. If you go there, collaborate docs.com and it, it, we've broken it into categories. So if you are thinking of starting a practice, you might want to speak with one of the business consulting people or companies. Or um, we have everything under the sun: EMR companies, uh, marketing companies, SEO, everything. <laughs> um, we're adding a podcast, these podcasts to it, so we're we're always adding to it. Um, just so it's like a one stop shop, you can get some great tip or, or great. I should say resources and services that you could reach out. It's cultivated from our clients. So if a client Mm -hmm. says, Oh, I use so-and-so marketing R us, you know, we do our own vetting. And then if enough people say, Oh, we like them, we'll put them on the site. If someone complains or had a bad experience, we now pull them off. So, you know, whoever's up there, quite a few nurse practitioners have already used them and liked them um, and no, no complaints about them yet. So um, it's kind of a living, breathing thing on there which is good to keep it fresh and updated at all you know constantly No, that's good it's a nice resource
0: now if there's a nurse practitioner listening right now who's thinking about opening a practice what are some key things they should consider maybe prior to calling you right and and we don't want to waste time but like what are some things they can kind of consider on their own you know before opening a practice or considering a uh, getting a collaborating physician
1: I think the number one thing people should do, very few do it. I think people should spend time finding someone a few steps ahead of them in the process that's having success. And it's hard to do. I think that's why people don't do it. It's very challenging. Like you have a vision of, well, I want to have this Botox clinic um, and make X amount of money and, you know, you, you have it in your head, but how do I find someone who's like doing that in the real world? Um, and, and it's doable. I, I recommend looking a state or two away from your current state because you don't want to have to, it, it would be awkward talking to a future competitor. They may even lead you astray, God forbid. So talk to someone totally unconnect, disconnected from your community or state And I would look on medical review sites, like, even I look on Yelp to find my children's pediatrician, that's where I found them. So you can just type, you know, medical spa or Botox clinic or whatever, and see people like in a nearby state, see reviews, if they're getting a lot of good reviews, they're probably successful and um, have a bit of a following. And then don't be afraid to offer something, it's great. All of us who can find mentors that just do it out of the goodness of their heart. But if it's a busy, successful uh, healthcare entrepreneur, they may just not have, uh, not be willing to sacrifice their limited free time for the good of whatever. So you may want to say, you know, hey, I can afford $100 an hour to talk every other week for an hour. Um, and the amount you'll learn from that person even though it's you know you're paying for this the help you'll make thousands based on that hundred dollar call so i would that's probably my biggest point of advice for someone starting out even to just go through not how to tell me how to set everything up just like do you like it like (laughs) if you did it again would you do it again you may find out what you're trying to get in is a very bad idea Maybe they hate it and they're just trying to find their way away um, out of it. So I, I think I have been lucky in that way of finding good people to that are a few steps ahead of what I'm trying to do, just not in the exact same niche, obviously, but similar experiences and it takes you so far. So I would just leave it at finding a good mentor and not being afraid to pay them for their time.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important as nurse practitioners, nurses, healthcare professionals. I think you have to have a different mindset, right? When you think about paying for coaching and mentorship. I think that's how I've been so successful. My mentor, Dr. Uh, Avis Jones, the Weaver, like, changed my whole life, you know, just in terms of being an entrepreneur, but it's something that we have to get over if we want to move forward. I mean, we pay for our education, right? Same thing. Same thing. So, um, we definitely have to do that. Um, and where do you see your business in, let's say five years?
1: We want to be a household name for nurse practitioners. So, you know, a lot of people get on calls with, I wish I knew about this service five years ago. You know, like there's still a lot of, I didn't even know there was a place to turn to find Mm -hmm. a doc that would help me and be nice about it and not overcharge me. (laughs) Um, so it's, I just hope to increase entrepreneurs in the nurse practitioner world. If this is the roadblock, which I think it is for a lot of people, like I just don't know any physician to help. So I can't really do this. And that's the worst, you know, that's, sh- we do not ever want that to be the block. Um, can't help you with getting your you know, mortgage on your <laughs> new office space, but at least don't let the doctor be the problem and getting going. So
0: right. take that pain point away, which I love. Um, If anyone's listening and they want to get in contact with you, how can they contact you?
1: I'd say our website's probably the best um, collaboratingdocs.com or you can just Google collaborating docs and we come up on in Google. So you can find us that way. Um, But yeah, our NPs, they love to talk to people, even if you're just at the very beginning and haven't found your mentor yet. That's okay they'll talk to you, they can be a quasi mentor at least for 30 minutes and, you know, get to know you and talk about options. We, we really do guide a lot of people like at least in the right direction. And then when you have all the pieces together, come back and we'll get the doc for them. But um, yeah, we, we would love to help anybody out there that's sort of thinking about doing something like this, um, give you that little push. <laughs> in the right awesome. direction so is that like a free con- a, con a complimentary consultation
0: oh that's 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 wonderful that's great it's okay. a
1: complimentary consult
0: so yeah awesome. awesome I love that and before we wrap up or I take you through the rapid fire if that's okay with you any last words for our listeners
1: uh I just say you know I think healthcare is creating a lot of burnout as we all know so if you're feeling that burnout just strike out on your own it's so much better <laughs> it's so much, but I'm not saying it's without, not without work and a lot of grit and perseverance and, you know, challenges, but at least they're your challenges that you get right. to overcome and then you own it. So it's an exciting time to be an entrepreneur in healthcare. I'd say it definitely is. Awesome.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take you to the rapid fire, then we'll wrap up. So let All me right. know the first thing that comes to your mind to answer the question or finish the statement. Wellness means
1: Oh, a good power nap. <laughs> I'm a mom of four. That's all I can think of. <laughs> I know I'm stressed when. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed what you said. I know I'm stressed when. Oh, uh, my blood pressure is rising and I feel like I'm going to have a mini heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> my go-to stress management solution is? A warm bath with some relaxing music in the background. Oh, yeah, that
0: sounds good. (laughs) And what's one thing you learned about yourself during the pandemic?
1: Ooh, I should never be a preschool teacher. (laughs) (laughs) As I was for my children.
0: (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. A lot of people can relate to that. And what's one thing you would tell a new nurse practitioner coming out of school who wants to start a business?
1: Think outside the box. Don't follow the path of everybody starting their IV hydration practice. Think of something no one has thought of, like the oncology practice. Wendy, you're starting. (laughs) No,
0: that is good. And if you could go back, I know you said you started a lot of different businesses. What is something you would do different?
1: Ooh. um, I would have actually, I hate to be repetitive, but my first couple of businesses failed because I had no advisor mentor help. Like for sure, I can pinpoint that was the problem. I thought I had this great idea. I think the idea of actually what a few of the ideas were good, but without anybody giving me any sort of help living in a, you know, doing it in a vacuum did not go away. it did not end well for anyone but looking back like hey i could have actually probably made that work if i had just known a couple more things yeah. that i now know but at the time did so you learn from your mistakes which is great but um yeah don't be afraid to ask for help Ooh, <laughs> that's, a good
0: that one. that's a good one
1: well dr d pasquale
0: thank you so much for being here we'll have to have you back
1: thanks Wendy. it was super fun i really appreciate it and everybody out there make your business happen it's a great time <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you
0: enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. Before you go, I would love to share a free stress management resource with you. Go to stressblueprint.com and download your free copy of the three questions to ask when you are stressed. Until next time, go out and be your best, do your best, and give your best.